Alright, welcome into Farscast. Farzine Vasugan here with you guys. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're all having a great week. Gonna be a fairly short podcast today. Not a whole lot on my mind, but did want to do a podcast before I fly out of Kansas City real soon. A lot of Patrick Mahomes critics as we get closer and closer to the season. A lot of Mahomes naysayers, and I'm here to tell you guys why a lot of his critics are in for a rude awakening this season. I also have some comments about who the best tight end is in NFL history. Spoiler alert, it's Travis Kelsey. I mean, I'm not going to hide that now, but I'll explain why in a moment because I've seen a lot of the defense for Tony Gonzalez, and I'm just here to tell you Travis Kelsey is leaps and bounds ahead of Tony Gonzalez, and I'll explain why. Deshaun Watson, that story has taken a very interesting turn as he has recently apologized to the women he's impacted in this situation. And also UFC 278 takes place this weekend. I wanted to touch on that a little bit as uh, Kamara Usman will defend his title against Leon Edwards uh, the second time those guys will fight. First time ever in a title match though. So should be a very good fight. I'll get into that at the end of the podcast. Facebook.com slash Farzivasugin. That is a Facebook page. Give me a follow on Facebook if you haven't already. We just surpassed 36,000 followers. I don't even think we had 35,000 followers the last time I did a podcast last week. Uh, I can't really remember that. Uh, I, I mean, the the growth on the page has been just insane. And as I always say, it's because of you guys. So much appreciated to all of you guys who have been following the following me on the Facebook page, sharing all the content. Uh, reacting to the posts, uh, that always helps out. So uh, greatly appreciate everyone who's done that. Please continue to do that. Definitely helps out the page uh, and uh, is a big reason why the page is growing so much uh, this summer and especially in the last uh, 30 30 days, uh, essentially in in the last month. So big thanks to all of you guys who have been doing that. Also follow me on Twitter at Farzine21. And I don't normally plug my Instagram, but I will uh, on this episode at Farzine Vesuvian on Instagram. And I'll put that in the uh, episode description. Uh, here's why. Uh, as a lot of you guys know, we are doing a hat giveaway. In fact, I am going to announce the winner of that in just a moment. A moment excuse me. But we are going to do the Kelsey's Crunch cereal box giveaway. I've actually got a few of those I'll be giving away on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we did do the Facebook giveaway with the hat. Again, I'll get to uh, the winner in a moment, uh, but it, it just didn't really work out. There were a lot of people that did what we asked last week, uh, but uh, and again, uh, for those wondering, we had to kind of we had to basically pull a Bill Belichick for uh, doing uh, contest uh, giveaways on Facebook, but it's just not really working out the same way. And I want to make sure we do this the right way and give everyone an opportunity to do so. I understand some people don't have an Instagram nor a Twitter. Hey, it's easy to sign up for one. Not that hard. So please make sure you do that uh, because we are going to, a lot of you guys expressed interest. A lot of you guys live outside of Kansas City and don't have a hive near you. So if you want an opportunity to win a Kelsey's Crunch cereal box, uh, you'll have a couple of opportunities to do so starting Friday morning. So I will have a post on Instagram and a tweet on Twitter. So make sure you guys are following me on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, the instructions on how to win will be straightforward, basic, nothing too difficult. Uh, just make sure you go on there, follow me, and you'll see the rules on how to enter. Pretty easy. And we'll do the same thing. We'll start on Friday morning and we'll announce the winner Wednesday evening. 
Speaking of a winner, uh, as I mentioned a couple of times, we do have to pick a winner for the hat giveaway. So we are going to do that right now. Uh, as I said, uh, if you, the caption says if you listen to the podcast, you know what to do. But basically, all you had to do was just like the post. A lot of you guys shared it, which I thought was interesting. <laughs> so, uh, But nonetheless, uh, we did uh, make it work one way or another. And uh, we are going to go ahead and uh, pick a winner. And the winner... For this giveaway is Dylan Bindi. I hope I said that correctly. Dylan Bindi, Bindi. So uh, he is going to win the Kansas City Chiefs hat. Uh, it is all ready to go. I all I need to do is get in touch with Dylan and get his shipping address, his mailing address, and uh, he'll uh, get it. So congratulations to Dylan. Big thanks to all of you guys who participated in that giveaway. Uh, obviously, as we just mentioned, not the only giveaway we're doing. We've got other giveaways to get into as well, uh, starting with the Kelsey's Crunch. Got a few of those, so we'll be giving those out in the uh, next couple of weeks. So make sure you guys are following me on Instagram and on Twitter because we'll be uh, doing the giveaways on those two social media sites, not on Facebook due to... Strict rules on Facebook. I'm not going to elaborate on that. I actually went into that last week. So if you missed last week's podcast wondering why we can't do it on Facebook and why I'm doing it on Instagram and Twitter, uh, just please check out last week's podcast. It is kind of a long explanation. I actually go into detail with that in the first few minutes of that podcast. So go check that podcast out on there uh, and uh, you'll understand why. All right, by the way, great news. Before we get underway with all the uh, football talk there as my uh, as my phone goes off there, uh, some great news. Uh, just moments ago, uh, I just saw this on Twitter. Legendary broadcaster Dick Vitale, who obviously does a lot of college basketball content for uh, ESPN, uh, just announced he is cancer-free, uh, which is awesome. Uh, and the way he just put it was so uh, so great. In Dick Vitale fashion, he says uh, his doctor uh, just shared some news that, quote, uh, I wish every cancer patient can hear. Like, Not just making it about himself, but also trying to let it be known, hey, there are other cancer patients out there, and it's just obviously humbling for him. So, great moment, obviously, uh, uh, something that everyone wanted to hear for Dick Vitale, so uh, big congrats to him on being cancer-free, obviously some great news. Uh, And I think since the last time I did a podcast, I did not mention um, this news, but Len Dawson is in hospice care, so... Uh, former Kansas City Chief, uh, I, Patrick Mahomes did a radio interview today just praising him and, and talking about all the things he's done, not just on the field for the Chiefs, but also in the community. Um, you got to remember with Len Dawson, this is someone who, when the Chiefs went from Dallas to Kansas City, there wasn't a lot of interest in the Chiefs in Kansas City at the time. And so what he did to try to drive up some interest is he would go and serve as a sports anchor for one of the local stations after practice to try to help promote the team. And over the years, he's just done so much. Uh, been an anchor in this town for so long. Uh, he, he no longer does it anymore. He was also the uh, color commentator for the Chiefs on their uh, official radio network. So uh, he's obviously done a lot for the franchise on and off the field and also in the Kansas City community as well. So uh, definitely wishing the best for Lundos and hopefully we can hear some good news from him in the uh, near future. So uh, big up prayers, positive vibes, whatever it is you guys do uh, towards Len Dawson's way. All right, let's get into the podcast. I did want to start with uh, Patrick Mahomes because a lot of naysayers are coming out. Just basically not really on this Patrick Mahomes bandwagon. And listen, there have always been some people who have been 
naysayers of Mahomes since day one because of his different style of of, of playing the quarterback position. And I, you, you know, it's funny because I when um. I've always felt like he's changed the quarterback position. He's really revolutionized that quarterback position, kind of like the way Kobe Bryant has kind of changed his position, the shooting guard position in the sport of basketball. And I remember when uh, the week uh, the Chiefs and 49ers were playing the Super Bowl, that was the week uh, Bryant, um, seven days before Bryant had his accident, the helicopter accident where that took his life, as well as his daughter and a few others that were on the uh, helicopter and that week, I said that I felt like I know a lot of people like to compare Mahomes to Michael Jordan and saying that he could potentially. I I don't think that's a fair compare. I I think Mahomes, excuse me, a Brady and and Jordan. I mean, that's the if you had to compare a basketball player to a football player, those are the two guys who should be compared to each other. But I think Mahomes' best his. His basketball, his mirror, uh, his basketball counterpart is Kobe Bryant to me because those two guys, very similarly, have changed their sport in ways. Uh, the way they play their positions, they have revolutionized that and uh, added some uh, different elements. And I think they're again seeing similarities again because Kobe Bryant, when he lost. The 2004 NBA Finals to the D- Detroit Pistons, uh, which one of the best upsets in NBA Finals history. Nobody gave the Pistons a chance in that one. Everyone thought the Lakers were just going to steamroll the Pistons in that one and ended up being the complete opposite. Obviously, everyone knows the falling, the, 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 the fallout in that one. Phil Jackson retired, though he did come back a couple of years later. Shaquille O'Neal and Kobe Bryant, they had a falling out. Shaq got traded, did not want to come back to the Lakers. Obviously, there were a few other things that uh, took place there. I mean, even uh, Coach K turned down the Lakers job. A lot of people said after Shaq got traded, Kobe can't win without Shaq. He will never win ever again without Shaq. Now, we know how this story panned out. Shaq did win a championship right away after he got traded to Miami, but it was Kobe Bryant who finished with more championships in his career. And yeah, of course, he needed some help, and the Lakers went and got that help. And Andrew Bynum uh, found a way to recover from his injuries, and when he was available, the Lakers were impossible to stop. Obviously, he got Lamar Odom as a part of that uh, Shaq trade. Pal Gasol also came to, to L.A., and that really helped uh, the Lakers. In fact, the Lakers just announced that they're going to be retiring his number, uh, number 16, which is awesome. But everyone said that Kobe will never win without Shaq. And look what happened. He went to three straight NBA Finals without Shaq, and he won two of them. Got revenge, as a matter of fact, on the one that he lost against the Celtics. Now, I don't mean to compare Tyreek Hill to Shaq size-wise. Certainly a, a, a massive difference there. However, there are a lot of people out there who are saying that Patrick Mahomes won't be able to win without Tyreek Hill. A lot of people out there think the Chiefs are done without Tyreek Hill. Which is funny to me because I've always said, look, this team still has Patrick Mahomes. And the same people who are criticizing the Chiefs 
uh, basically saying they won't win without Tyreek Hill. They're saying, well, one player can't make the team. Yet, for some reason, the one player in Tyreek Hill that gets traded is somehow going to be Kansas City's downfall here. You can't have it both ways. You can sit here and try to diminish Patrick Mahomes by saying one player can't make the team and then say that the Chiefs are fucked because they don't have Tyree Kill anymore. It just doesn't work that way. The Chiefs still have their all-pro quarterback. They have their all-pro tight end. They have a head coach who's won more games than anyone not named Bill Belichick among active coaches right now. One of the few coaches in NFL history who's won 200 games and is still winning a lot of games right now in Andy Reid. The Chiefs still have a lot of their core guys here, and they still have arguably a top five offensive line. Some would say maybe the best offensive line. ESPN is projecting them to have the best offensive line in football for 2022. So you've got the quarterback, you've got the coach, you've got the tight end, you got the offensive line. If you truly do believe Patrick Mahomes can be like the elites out there, like a Peyton Manning and a Tom Brady, well then if he has the offensive line, all he has to do is play his game and he can go out there and really win with every, with anyone. And, and having Kelsey's a bonus, of course. You have Sky Moore, you have McCole Hardman. I know he had a bit of a scare with uh, with his injury, but doesn't appear to be anything too serious. You have MVS, you, you have Juju Smith-Schuster, who's had some success in the past. The Chiefs are better off without Tyreek Hill than some might realize. Don't get me wrong. I think you would still rather have Tyreek Hill because you know what he's capable of. But don't forget, this is also a guy who had a lot of passes hit his hands went off his hands for an interception. So this is not, Tyreek Hill is not the end-all be-all for this team's success. Andy Reid's, uh, Patrick Mahomes did an interview on SiriusXM. I mentioned uh, he talked about Len Dawson, but he was also asked about Tyreek Hill and moving on without him. And Patrick Mahomes had, I mean, didn't even have to think about this. Real quickly just said, look, you have Andy Reid. Just look at his past, okay? He's had success wherever he's gone. It's kind of like with Tom Brady. Do you know how many times Tom Brady has changed, has had new teammates uh, in New England and in uh, Tampa Bay? He's had so many different players he's thrown to. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, Tim Brown, Wes Welker. I mean, the, 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 there's a big list of players who Brady has thrown the ball to. So Tom Brady's never needed Gronk his entire career, he's been he's been able to go out there and sling the football to so many different guys. By the way, I said Tim Brown. I apologize. I meant Troy Brown. Troy Brown. Uh, completely <laughs> different than Tim Brown. So just to be clear on that, but you get the idea. Tom Brady's had so many different receivers, eh, pass catchers in general over the years. Um, he's never really had like that top tier tight end until Gronk. So he's won without Gronk before, and he's probably going to keep winning without him now. Uh, in fact, a lot of people forget this, because I would agree that Gronk is the best pass catcher he's ever had, but when Tom Brady, in my opinion, had his best Super Bowl win, where he was down 25 points against the Falcons, he had that comeback without Rob Gronkowski. So we all know and by the way, I'm going to bring that point up later on in the podcast. We all know what Tom Brady's capable of. Now, to circle this whole thing back to Patrick Mahomes and this offense, we know that as long as Mahomes has the offensive line in place, he can go out there and win with just about anyone he's throwing the ball to. So I'm confident that Patrick Mahomes 
will win with just about anyone as long as the Chiefs give him the offensive line he needs during his time here in Kansas City. Because the, the Chiefs are all in on Patrick Mahomes, and Patrick Mahomes is all in long-term being a Chief. you got to remember, if you're going to invest long-term like the Chiefs are in Mahomes, well, then the second ne- biggest priority is... Keep him happy at all times. Protect him at all times. Because if you want Mahomes to play at his maximum potential for the remainder of his contract and beyond, excuse me, during his time in Kansas City, well, then you got to make sure he has a stout and strong offensive line during his entire tenure as a Chief. So far, the Chiefs have done that. Obviously, we saw what happened in Super Bowl 55. Brett Veach said, well, we got to make sure we fix this because that can never happen again. They went out there and assembled a monster offensive line. And obviously, there were some surprises there. They didn't expect Creed Humphrey to have the rookie season that uh, he had. Trey Smith, the steal of last year's draft, no question about it. So the, Mahomes has the tools he needs. Uh, people think that, when I say people, I'm referring to 99% of them being outside of Kansas City. Maybe there are a few Chiefs fans who think the it's all doom and gloom and end of the world for the Chiefs. But a lot of people think that Mahomes is essentially screwed. And I think those people are in for a rude awakening. Just watch, okay? Now, if the Chiefs lose one game or if they get off to a bit of a slow start like they did last year, which I think is possible, uh... But I think this time it'll be more expected because you do have a lot of new faces in that uh, receivers room. They're going to get on Mahomes just like they did last year. And look how that panned out. Okay? Look how that panned out. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be just fine. Trust me. Just wait. All these people talking about Mahomes and they will jump on any opportunity they have when and if the Chiefs do struggle. But trust me, at the end of the year, they're going to be dead silent and won't have anything to say when Mahomes lifts a Lombardi for a second time. By the way, I got to get into Travis Kelsey because I've talked about this a couple of times and there are a few people who quickly bring up other tight ends, including Tony Gonzalez. And obviously most of my followers are, are Chiefs fans, so I get it. But I think Travis Kelsey is in, by far the best tight end in NFL history. He's obviously doing things that we've never seen before at this tight end position. Statistically speaking, he's had a thousand receiving yards. How many years in a row? Um, I mean, he's had more consecutive thousand yard receiving seasons than some tight ends have had in their careers. So he's obviously doing some things that we've never seen at that position be done before. Uh, Skill set on the field. I, I mean, you give it a you give it five stars across the board. There's just no question about it. Postseason performances, that I think is the most telling to me. So I mean, just look at this. Travis Kelsey has seven 100 yard receiving games in the playoffs. That's second most in NFL history. If he has another 100 yard performance in a playoff game, a 100 yard receiving performance in a playoff game. He's going to tie Jerry Rice, an all-time great, for most in a postseason, in an NFL career. And listen, Travis Kelsey's not looking to retire anytime soon, and the Chiefs don't have any plans on missing the playoffs anytime soon either. He's going to turn 33 in October. Travis Kelsey has a great opportunity. I mean, the odds are strong that he will break 
Jerry Rice's record and hold the record solely by himself and make it nine games. May even do it this year. Who knows? Now, I'll even go beyond that and share some postseason numbers because I do agree with a lot of you guys that it's the uh, it's the postseason that I think defines uh, the greatness of a player, especially when you consider him to other greats in this uh, sports history. Postseason stats, receptions per game. Tony Gonzalez, five uh, per game, five receptions per game. Antonio Gates, 7.3. By the, again, postseason stats I'm talking about here. Starting with catches. Gonzalez has five per game. Antonio Gates, 7.3. Kittle, 7.5. Kellen Winslow, 9.3. Rob Gronkowski, 10.9. Travis Kelsey, 15.1. Receiving yards per game in uh, postseason history. Tony Gonzalez, 47.7 yards per game. Not very good. And I'll get into that in a moment. Antonio Gates, 77.1. George Kittle, 89.5. Starting to get better here. Some some notable names. Kellen Winslow, 126.7. Rob Gronkowski, pretty high, 154.3. But Travis Kelsey, 184.4. Touchdowns per playoff game on average. Antonio Gates, 0.3. George Kittle, 0.5. Tony Gonzalez, 0.7. Kellen Winslow, 1.3. Rob Gronkowski and Travis Kelsey, 1.7. So the numbers are all there. To back up Travis Kelsey. Now, I know a lot of people are going to come to Gonzalez's defense and say, well, Gonzalez never had Patrick Mahomes. And by the way, this is a, a, a defense for Andy Reid's history as to why he could not win a ring until just recently. And a lot of people said, well, it's because he never had Patrick Mahomes. Well, you don't need... Listen, there. I, I love Patrick Mahomes, and I think he's, he's the best quarterback, and I think he will be the greatest of all time. But... Patrick Mahomes is not the gatekeeper to winning a Super Bowl here, okay? Uh, in other words, we've had, what, 56 Super Bowls? Mahomes has only won one of them. There have been 55 other Super Bowls won by quarterbacks not named Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, we have a lot of repeat winners such as Roethlisberger, uh, Brady, of course. Uh, so you get the idea there. But to insinuate that Gonzalez needs Mahomes in order to have any kind of success in his during his time in the NFL, it's just ridiculous. For one, he's been able to find success on the field, so obviously he's been able to have someone throw him the ball. Number two, I think people are forgetting he's had pro bowlers in the past throw the ball to him. Does Trent Green ring a bell? Probably not, because he was considered considered as an underrated quarterback in the NFL. Uh, here's another name. I know a lot of people have definitely talked about his name, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan has uh, is still playing in the NFL today. He had a lot of great seasons in Atlanta. He threw the ball to Tony Gonzalez. Uh, Tony Gonzalez has been on some good offenses. And I know what a lot of people are going to say. Well, in Kansas City, he, Gonzalez dealt with bad defenses as well. I'm sorry, but the Chiefs were an offsides call away and also an overtime period away from going to the Super Bowl in 2018 with a 31st-ranked defense. So Travis Kelsey has had teams where, first of all, yeah, sure, he's had the quarterback. That helps. I'm not going to say no to that. I'm not going to dismiss that. But he's also been on teams where the defense has been bad. So whatever excuse you want to say for Gonzalez, that Gonzalez didn't have the right defense or uh, didn't have the right quarterback, 
he had Trent Green and Matt Ryan, pro bowlers. Pro bowlers during uh, the time they threw to, to, to Gonzalez. And also the defense, well, Kelsey had a 31st-ranked defense. He was a part, obviously not a part of that directly, but he was on the same team. You, you, get, what I, you get my drift here. So that defense, those defenses, I should say, does not work for me. Maybe they work for some other people, and that's perfectly fine. Uh, listen, Gonzalez, great football player. But I think in terms of tight end, uh, the best tight end in NFL history, it's not even close. Uh, there's a big gap between Gonzalez and Kelsey. Now, look, Gonzalez has had the longer career, so he's above Kelsey in terms of career catches, yards, blah, blah, blah. You get the idea. So give Kelsey a little bit of time. He uh, Kelsey's not 37 yet. He'll get there. He'll surpass Gonzalez or come damn near close. But even if he doesn't, He's got a ring. Gonzalez has just one playoff win. So, I mean, when it comes to postseason success, uh, when it comes to the stats, Kelsey is ahead of Gonzalez in every department. So, what else do you need to say that not only is Travis Kelsey a better tight end than Tony Gonzalez, but... The best tight end in NFL history. And by the way, I said I'd get back to this point. Remember I mentioned Tom Brady having his best Super Bowl win without Rob Gronkowski? Listen, Rob Gronkowski is a great tight end too. I'm not going to dismiss that. But can we please acknowledge the fact that Rob Gronkowski needed Tom Brady? Tom Brady never needed Gronk. Who has thrown the football to Gronk other than Brady? Because the only name I can think of is Jimmy G. If you guys remember in 2014, when the Chiefs destroyed the Patriots on Monday Night Football, Jimmy G came in and threw a touchdown to, to Gronk, and Gronk had the... Uh, didn't even want to spike the football because the game was over by then. But... When Brady was suspended four games for Deflategate, they started Jimmy G then. I can't remember if that was Gronk the year Gronk was um, sidelined for an entire season for an injury or not. Uh, you'll have to look that up yourself. But uh, if he was available that year, then that's the only time I can think of, other than that Monday night game, where a different starting quarterback has thrown the ball to... Gronk. And by the way, I obviously just want to be clear. Uh, Jimmy G obviously did not start that Monday Night Football game. Brady got benched because the Chiefs were winning that game 41-7. to That was the score at that point. Uh, the Patriots got to uh, pad their stats a little bit in the end there. So it was a garbage touchdown more than anything. So I just feel like this whole discussion about Kelsey not being the best tight end, there's a lot of evidence out there that says otherwise. Sure, Gronk has the rings, but again, is that more because of him or is that because of Brady? And I'm not saying Gronk does not deserve credit for that. He absolutely does, but we've already proven here that Brady's won many rings without Gronk, and he'll continue to do so, um, depending how long he has left. So, everyone thinks that Gronk's a better tight end. I say it's Kelsey. Kelsey's done so many things that have never been done statistically at that position. And Gronk could have easily done that with, with Brady, but didn't. You tell me who the best tight end is in NFL history? 
I give you one name, Travis Kelsey. That's who it is. Uh, I want to get into Deshaun Watson because this has turned into a completely different story now. Uh, I wrote a post a few days ago uh, sharing that Deshaun Watson uh, apologized. Here's the quote. I'm truly sorry for all the women that I've impacted in this situation. There are decisions I've made in my life that put me in this position I would definitely like to have back. Whoa, boy. Oof. Um, that is uh, singing a completely different tune. Uh, let me repeat that quote one more time. I'm truly sorry for all the women that I've impacted in this situation. There are decisions I've made in my life that put me in this position that I would definitely like to have back. Let me repeat to you the most important words of that. Uh, let me just repeat the first sentence. I'm truly sorry for all the women that I've impacted in this situation. Okay, here's my point. Let me just read to you the uh, timeline of events here. Uh, the direction where the story has gone. Watson's attorneys have said he's done no wrongdoing. Watson, ever since he signed with the Browns in his introductory press conference and in the couple of press conferences he's done with the media, on multiple occasions, has claimed his innocence. A story from the New York Times came out explaining that he had 66 massage therapists in 17 months. And there are screenshots of him uh, apologizing to a woman who he admitted to making her cry. And he also admits in this New York Times piece that he didn't care how qualified or how good these women were at their jobs. And by the way, 66 massage, I've, I've went over this before and I'll keep saying this because it is worth repeating. 66 massage therapists in 17 months, they're all women, as far as we know. No one's come out and said, well, there have been a few male massage therapists. Not even his legal team has said that. So here's my point. Listen, let's just be straightforward here. This is not meant to come off sexist or anything. We all know that men are physically stronger than women, right? So if you're looking, if you're a professional athlete making millions of dollars, wouldn't you seek a male massage therapist simply because they are physically better and stronger? I mean, is that is that irrational to say? Not a single one of these massage therapists were men. They're all women. Uh, his attorney then went on a uh, sports talk station and said that if a woman gives... I'm paraphrasing, by the way. I don't remember the exact comment or the exact quote. But if a woman gives consent, then happy endings aren't illegal. He said that on, the, on a radio interview in Houston. And by the way, I don't remember the guy's name, but if I'm not mistaken, he also represented Roger Clemens when he was dealing with his legal battles back in the day. So even after all of this hoopla, you know, claiming his innocence, his attorneys coming to his defense publicly on so many occasions, including that radio interview I just mentioned, he's suddenly willing to accept a six-game suspension. And by the way, I know a lot of people are pointing out the contract saying, well, he's willing to accept it because he's not making much money this year and the Browns constructed the, uh, the contract so that he's making way less money now and is making a majority, like 99% of the $230 million the following season. I don't give a shit about that. Okay, that doesn't mean anything to me. 
If someone on multiple occasions, plus his legal team, have said that he is innocent, I'm not accepting a single game suspension from the NFL. If Deshaun Watson is innocent, why is he accepting a six-game suspension? Athletes say all the time it's not about the money, right? So why is Deshaun Watson willing to accept a any kind of a suspension from the NFL out of this? Now, we know what's going on. The NFL is fighting this. Uh, they're appealing the six-game suspension. They want to make it a season-long suspension. The NFLPA and Watson's legal team, they're all fighting back on this. In fact, the night before the uh, six-game suspension was announced, they did say that we're hoping that the NFL accepts whatever the, uh, the, the suspension number is, which means they already knew what it was. They knew it'd be six games, and they were willing to accept that, which, again, is very odd considering that he was claiming his innocence. He claimed he had done no wrongdoing this whole time. You don't say that you're innocent and that you've done no wrongdoing, and then suddenly you're willing to accept a six-game suspension. That's not That doesn't add up to me. Two completely different stories there. Speaking of completely different stories, he's now apologized. I read you the quote earlier. Again, quote, to the women, he said he is impacted. Folks, Innocent people don't apologize. Innocent people like Deshaun Watson, allegedly, certainly do not apologize and say that right there. You don't get to say that you're innocent and that you've done no wrongdoing and have all these things said to you in your defense and then say this. Folks, it doesn't take a law degree to... Uh, By the way, I hate all these like... Twitter attorneys and all these uh, like sports uh, management experts out there. Uh, first of all, people defended Deshaun Watson uh, in the beginning of all this saying, well, he's a pro athlete. He takes a lot of hits. He's taken more sacks than anyone else. Of course, he needs this many massage therapists. And then the, when the when the story when we found out it went from twenty what twenty two or twenty four therapists to sixty six therapists in seventeen months, those people went the fuck away. None of those people were defending Deshaun Watson anymore. But now it's oh he's he was never acquitted. He's not guilty. He never pled guilty. He was never found guilty. Folks, I don't care about any of that. Um, Kareem Hunt was never charged for anything. Not only was he on the uh, NFL's, uh, what's the word they use? Um, the commissioner's exempt list. So he was essentially suspended for the remainder of that month. Nobody signed him in December when he was let go by the Chiefs, but he was also suspended half a season the following year. I don't understand. Someone who wants to make sense of this, tell me. How is it that you go from, not just Deshaun Watson, but his legal team, his entire camp, coming to his defense, saying he's innocent, and then willing to accept a six-game suspension and apologizing to these women? It doesn't, it doesn't add up here, folks. This, this isn't, this isn't, this isn't, this doesn't make sense. I'm obviously speechless and no one can't even make sense of this. Now, some of you guys took issue with what I said on Facebook that innocent people don't apologize. So I'm going to read some of the comments I got here. 
Uh, this person said he apologized because he is a public figure and his name has been ran through the mud. Apologizing doesn't equal guilt. It's called damage control. This is the same thing. Uh, going. Uh, this is the same thing going with Roethlisberger. It's all about the money. These ladies would want him in jail if he, if he did all this. They are claiming. Bottom line is they are gold diggers. Okay. All right. Obviously, this is. By the way, some I mentioned Kareem Hunt. Someone, a lot of people were saying similar things back when we heard about the incident in the police report, uh, bef way before the video came out, like nine or ten months before the video came out. People said the same thing about this woman. And by the way, the woman's not in in innocent either. She did something she shouldn't have done, which is underage drinking. But I digress. Um, a lot of people accused her of the same thing, saying that, oh, she's just after his money and wants to get an NFL player in trouble. That's what a lot of people said. And then we saw all those people eat their words. So it's funny how, you know, he the screenshots are out there, okay? He admitted to not wanting uh, to know about their qualifications or how good they are, their experience, none of that. Uh, yeah, let's say, isn't that the first thing when I'm looking, uh, my uh, hairstylist, she's on maternity leave right now, so I had to look for someone else. One of the things I did, I looked up uh, Yelp, Google reviews, and also cared to know this person's experience, whoever I'm going to go to temporarily before she comes back. When you go to a doctor, when you go to a dentist, when you go anywhere, especially if you're going to dish out a lot of money. You, well, you're going to want to see Yelp reviews. You're going to want to know this person's qualifications, how experienced they are. Deshaun Watson didn't care to do any of that, and he even admitted that. And the uh, the attorneys are even asking multiple times for him to answer this just to confirm and make sure that he did not twist his words or misspeak or any of that. So, yeah. Uh, and by the way, he mentions Roethlisberger, and I know there have been a few other instances like Kobe Bryant and Robert Kraft. I'll say this right now. When were any of those guys accused by, what was it, 22, 24 women? And obviously he's been involved with 66 massage therapists. <laughs> and, and why do they all need to sign NDAs? Uh, what's the uh, secret there? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, I didn't mention that part even. Here's another comment. I, I'm not done reading these comments yet. Uh, really, innocent people don't apologize. Hmm. It's a wonder why people hate this country because of clownish like this. So America must really be okay with slavery and racism in this country because uh, not one apology. First of all, that's just terrible English. I just read that the way it was written, by the way. Uh, oh, by the way, he continues. And notice how it's an apology for how the whole situation has impacted everyone's lives, not for what he supposedly did. Uh, okay, first of all, this guy went into racism and slavery i have no idea what any of that has to do listen i'm one of those people who has always stood up and has said listen we got to talk about racism in this country this right here has nothing to do with racism i don't know where people are getting that from a lot of people in the comments actually started bringing up race into this i have no idea what that had to do with anything uh but as far, far as uh, uh he says notice how it's an apology for how the whole situation has impacted everyone's lives he, that's not quite what he said. He said he, he apologizes for how he's impacted the women. Uh, he, 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 so he did something that he shouldn't have done. He even said that his actions have brought him to where he is today. 
So, listen, I, and I don't get it with this country. I, I, I want to revert back to politics for a moment, I guess, because that's what this person tried to do. There are a lot of people who will hear a politician say one thing, and one side will hear one thing, and one side will hear another. I have no idea how that happens in our world, but it does, especially in this country. Uh, he's apologizing for what he did. Uh, and is he apologizing to the women? I mean... If you're innocent, why are you apologizing? By the way, someone uh, commented, and this was like a, a, a one-liner, you must not be married. Yes, because being married and being accused of sexual harassment are completely the same thing. Look, I'm not, I, I'm against name-calling. It's not just, it's just not my style, but you are a moron, whoever that is that wrote that comment. Um, okay, this is the last comment I'll read. Innocent people don't apologize. What world do you live in? Humble people apologize when they've hurt or offended someone, period. Okay, stop right there. I'll read the rest of the comment. Stop right there. So, humble people apologize when they've hurt or offended someone. Listen, I don't know about you guys, but I don't apologize for something I didn't do. If I didn't offend someone, if I didn't do something wrong, I'm not apologizing. Are you guys? I, I'd like to think not. Uh, the last uh, part of this comment I'll read, and this is the last thing I'll read uh, from you guys. Uh, if you only apologize when you think you're guilty, I'm glad I'm not your friend. Yeah, play that card right there because you, you can't debunk anything I'm saying. You have to play the route of, oh, I'm glad I don't know you or I'm glad I'm not your friend. Yeah, sure. I, I, I was really seeking your approval of friendship, by the way. Um, it's almost like the people who announce that they're unfollowing you when you never cared for whether or not they were following you or not in the first place. You didn't even know they existed in the first place. Uh, which is always interesting. Uh, folks, I don't even know how you can look at that timeline that I just mentioned a few moments ago and really just make sense of that and say that Deshaun Watson is in the clear and that he's innocent. Their story has changed so many times. It's not even in line with everything they've said from the start. That, to me, is suspicious enough already. 66 massage therapists in 17 months, all women. That's another thing right there. Uh, but hey, yeah, sure. I mean, make this about race, make this about slavery or racism or this country. That None of that stuff that some of you guys mentioned has anything to do with this. But you guys do you. Uh, yeah, he's guilty to me, 100%. The story makes zero sense from his end uh, in his team. Not, not one bit of sense there. All right, last thing I want to get into here, UFC 278, Leon Edwards versus Kamaru Usman 2. Uh, the first time these two guys fought was in late 2015 when Usman won by unanimous decision, which doesn't mean shit in 2022. Even if they fought like a year or two ago, maybe you could look at that a little bit, but for the most part, every fight is a different fight. Um, look at Usman and, and Covington. They fought each other twice in not the exact same time. I think it, it took two years uh, for the rematch. Um, two fairly different fights. Two very different fights. Usman nearly lost the first one, but found a way to finish Covington in the end. Whereas the second time, Usman won three of the two rounds, uh, three of the five rounds, excuse me, uh, to uh, retain the title. By the way, the last time they fought, that was Edwards' last loss, but he hasn't lo uh, he hasn't fought in 14 months. His last win was against Nate Diaz. Listen, I love Nate Diaz. He's a huge reason why I watch the sport, but... He's not the same fighter he once was, so it's weird that you get a title shot off Nate Diaz now. It'll be interesting to see what happens to uh, Hamzat Shemaev uh, in his next fight, assuming he wins. 
Um, but Nate Diaz did rattle Leon Edwards in the fifth round, if you guys remember uh, in that one. Um, he rattled him and uh, could have finished him, but didn't. Listen, Usman's a brick wall. He's impossible to wrestle. Colby Covington, who I mentioned a moment ago, in my opinion, he is by far the best wrestler in the UFC right now. And he struggled getting Usman in that department. Usman has incredible defense, incredible takedown defense, incredible wrestling defense, and just has great cardio. Ever since Edwards lost to Usman, he's gone 9-0 and and also has one no contest in there. Seven of those wins were by decision, however. Now, Usman gets a lot of decision wins as well. He's not the biggest finisher either, but he has finished some notable names. Guys like Colby Covington, Gilbert Burns, Jorge Masvidal, Sergio Moraes. Edwards' last finish was in March of 2018 against Peter Soboda. Look, I'm sorry. I had to Google Peter Soboda. He's not even in the UFC anymore. A guy who was not even that active either in the UFC. Uh, I have Kamaru Usman winning this one. I think he gets a finish in this one. I think it's going to be a TKO in the third round. Uh, The only other fight that really interests me is Luke Rockhold versus Paulo Costa. Uh, I have not had a chance to watch this because I've been preparing for this podcast, but apparently Luke Rockhold fired shots at some people in his media scrum. I guess he took shots at some fighters or media. I don't know. I I just saw it on Twitter, so I need to watch to see the context of that. But I do find that interesting because I know he's been on the uh, receiving end. He's he's been targeted by some, uh, some fighters over the past few years. And I didn't realize this, but it's been more than three years since Luke Rockhold has last fought. Uh, I, I, I had no idea about that. Uh, but I guess this was his opportunity to fire back at those people who've uh, taken some shots at him. But if you guys remember, Luke Rockhold was riding a, a high wave when he beat Chris Weidman for the title. He was supposed to face him in a rematch, but instead it was Michael Bisping who filled in on two and a half weeks notice and pulled off one of the biggest upsets in UFC history. In fact, that was the start of uh, Rockhold losing three of his last four fights. He's lost his last two fights. Co- Paulo Costas also lost his last two fights, started his career 13-0, but then he ran into a guy by the name of Israel Adesanya. We know how that went. Uh, both of these guys are currently, uh, uh, they're riding two fight losing streaks at the moment. Uh, look, I like Rockhold. I really do. I know there's a negative stigma of him out there, but I got to go with Paulo Costa based on the fact that he's been more active. I don't think it's going to be easy. I, I, I Rockhold's a very athletic fighter. I think he's going to do some things in this fight, but I think it's going to come down to a decision, uh, a unanimous decision win for Paulo Costa. In fact, I'll even say this. I think it's going to be 3-2 to two Costa. I think Luke Rockhold can win a couple of rounds, but I think uh, Costa, just based on the fact that he's been more active, he'll be able to outlast Rockhold in this one. So that uh, last round, I think, is going to be very key in this fight for um, the co-main event. I'll be honest, That's really the o- those are really the only two fights I care about on this card. I-, I look through this card and there's not really a whole lot. I know the UFC in one of their promos called it stacked. And listen, what are they going to say? Are, are they going to say it's a lackluster card? Of course not. Uh, but I just don't find that card a ho- really a whole lot interesting. I will actually say this. I'm actually going to miss this uh, pay-per-view. So I'm not going to have a chance to see this. I'll just have to uh, read up on the results and maybe catch it later on ESPN+. Plus. But... Um, I do think the, the co-main event and the main event are going to be a good one. I, I definitely wish I could uh, have a chance to see that, but I will actually miss that. Where am I going to be? I'm actually going to not say that now, but I'll uh, mention that on my Facebook page. So uh, if you're going to be wondering where I am during that fight, during that pay-per-view, I'll uh, share that with you guys on my uh, social media. So make sure you follow me on there. I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, 
Big thanks to all of you guys for following me on Facebook. Uh, the page has just blown up and gotten bigger and bigger. Uh, it seems like we get more than a thousand followers each time I do a podcast. So big thanks to all of you guys who have uh, been uh, inviting your friends, following the page, and interacting, engaging with me and others on the page. Big thanks to all of you guys who have been doing that. Make sure you're following me on Instagram and on Twitter, at Farzine Vesugian on Instagram and at Farzine21 on Twitter. I will actually put the uh, links to those in the description of this podcast. That way you guys can just click the links because I don't expect you guys to know how to spell my last name. I, that's impossible. So... I will have the uh, links to that in the um, in the description for the podcast. So make sure you guys follow me for the Kelsey's Crunch giveaway. That starts Friday morning. And uh, we'll announce a winner next Wednesday night. On uh, I'll announce a, a winner on Instagram. And I'll announce a winner on Twitter all there on there. So uh, make sure you're following me. And I'll uh, provide the details on those two sites on how, to, how you can win. So make sure you're following me on there. All right. I'm out of here. Not exactly sure when's the next time we're going to have a podcast, uh, but we will have one probably not this weekend, but next weekend. So I'll still be doing live streams on my Facebook page for the uh, Chiefs game this weekend. So be on the lookout for that. Other than that, I am out of here. I will talk to you guys later. Take care.